The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Uri Nidam, in honor of all the members of the Minyan, all the members of the daf Yomi, and in honor of the rabbi, Tzkel Mitzvot, may he continue to succeed. Amen. Daf Kuf Gimel. Today's daf is being studied. Leidu Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tenichenu Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Fuah Shelema Yosef Ben Sarah and Sarah Bat Rachel. Elna Refer Lahem Betochshel Chagam Moisel. Amen. We begin today's daf on Kuf Gimel. Amud Rishon, and we are three lines from the top. We learned in the Mishnah Lo Yumru Shinehem. In the case over here where the uh, lady got married. And then the uh, the husband accepted upon himself to support the stepdaughter for five years. And then what? They got divorced and she got married to somebody else. And he also accepted upon himself to support the stepdaughter. So the halakha is both of them have to support. One of them actually gives mezonot, actual food. And the other one gives money. So the Gemara wants to derive from this halakha a ruling in the following case. Ha'u gavra. Was a certain fellow, the Ogar le Rechaya le Havre. He rented out his millstone to his friend, le Tahina, in order to get the grindings, which means the renter, the one that was renting it, did not have money to pay for the rental. So the stipulation was he's going to pay from the work of the millstone, which means he'll give him grinded wheat. And that'll be the uh, that'll be the payment. Lesov e'atar. Eventually, the one that uh, was renting, the one that the, the I guess you call him the renter, or the one that was leasing it out, we'll call it lesov e'atar. He became wealthy. Zavin rechaya vehamra. So now that he became wealthy, he was able to buy. A, another millstone, and he was also able to buy a hamor, a donkey, which he could now grind his own wheat. Amale, so he tells the renter, which means, listen, till now you've been paying me with grindings. You've been paying me with, let's say, the ground wheat, but I don't need it anymore, because I made a lot of money, I have my own ground wheat. Now pay me, pay me money. So basically he got the story. He rented out his uh, millstone, and originally the deal was, don't pay me in money, just pay me in ground wheat. Eventually the guy became wealthy, bought another millstone, bought a hamor, now he has his own grindings, he has his own wheat, so he doesn't need now to get paid in more ground wheat. So he told him, I want you to pay me money now. He says, what do you mean? I, uh, the deal was that I pay you from the grindings, which means I'm not paying you the I'm not going to pay you renter's fee. 
This is the fee that we stipulated. Saba, so what they do? They went to Ravina. Saba, Ravina lememar, hainu matnitim. So Ravina said, this is similar to the case we just said in Amishnah. Lo yomru shenehem, both husbands cannot say, hare anu zanin otakeha, that we're just going to split it and give her one, uh, give the stepdaughter one uh, sustenance. One gives actual mizonot itself, and one gives money for the mizonot. So similarly, over here, we should say what? That over here, she, he's getting now his grinding, so she bought a millstone, so therefore the other guy should pay money. Now she says, fourth line, we don't say both husbands give mizonot. Even though originally when they told the stepdaughter, they told the stepdaughter they're going to give her food. And now it turned into money because she doesn't need the uh, food anymore. Because she has mizonot from a different place. Even though the original stipulation with the renting over here was that he should pay mizonot, but now the guy doesn't need the mizonot. The one that's leasing his um, millstone doesn't need the mizonot anymore because he has his own uh, millstone. Therefore, he should be able to pay him money. Just like the stipulation in the Mishnah changes from mizonot to money, so to over here the stipulation should change from the grindings, the terina, into money. Amalir of Abira, midame. He says, what do you mean? Is it comparison? Because you can't compare the case of Mishnah to the case of the Millstone, Hatam Had Kirisa Itla, Tate Kirista Leta. Over there, the stepdaughter, she only has one stomach, she doesn't have two stomachs. So, how much food are you going to give her? So, one of them obviously has to give her food, Mizonot, and the other one will give her money. Both cannot give Mizonot. What is she going to do with Mizonot? She, she, she only has one stomach. However, Haka, here it's different. Matse Amale, he's able to tell him, Tehon Vezavin, Tehon Veotif. Which means, in this case over here, the socher, the one that's renting, is able to tell the owner of the rehayim that, listen, you could benefit from both millstones. Meaning, tohan vezabin, on the new millstone that you bought, sell the wheat. What do you care? Sell the wheat to other people. And what? Tohan ve'otiv. And therefore, uh, and I'll pay you, uh, these uh, mizonot for your uh, sustenance, which means there's a way to get around the problem on the new millstone that he just bought ton vizabin, whatever you make from that, sell it, so you get the money from that, and I'll continue to pay you from uh, the millstone that you are renting me, she says a way out and the Gebarah says, he can say that You can only tell him that, well, let's say the one that's renting it, he does not have ability to get any customers to give the wheat to. Meaning he doesn't have any customers, simply he wants to pay the rent in wheat. But let's say he has other customers. So then we'll let the renter, the one that's renting the rehaim, sell the wheat, and he'll get money and he'll pay rent like a regular person with money. Kegon if that's the case, if he has other renters, that means there are other buyers of the wheat, Kofin, Oto, Amidat, Sedom. They force him regarding the Midav, Sedom. Now, what is this Midav, Sedom? So, uh, the way of Sedom was that we have a general rule that Zene, Veze, Lo, Haser, which means when a person is able to have Hana'a, 
and his friend that's giving him the hana'ah doesn't lose out anything. So of course that would be the proper way to act. This one benefits and this one doesn't lose out. But in Sedom, they would not follow that practice. Even though the person that's giving the hana'ah wasn't losing anything, they still would not enforce it. So that's called Midat Sedom. Here, if the one that's renting the millstone is able to sell the wheat to somebody else, Good, so what does he care? You're not losing out anything, you're getting the money, and with the money that you're getting, you'll pay the rent. So therefore, if he's able, again, to find somebody to uh, pay him for the wheat that he's grinding, so then the um, the Bala Rechaim, the owner of the millstone, he's as Hana'ah, because he gets his money. And the one that's grinding himself is Lo Hasid, he doesn't lose out, because he's anyway has to pay rent. So instead of paying the food, his rent, he pays the... Uh, the money that he got for selling it. But in the event where he can't sell it, so in that case over there, we say he can pay the wheat, and then the um, the uh, the owner of the uh, millstone, he will sell his new grindings to somebody else. Comes the next Mishnah. Let me think. Almana she'amra. You have a widow that said, She comes along, She says, I do not want to leave my husband's house. The Yetumim cannot tell her, listen, go back to your father's house and we'll support you over there. If she wants to stay, in the husband's house, she has every right, and the Yitri must support her from there. Not only that, that to support her, that to give her a house according to her kavod, according to what she was accustomed to. And because that's what she writes, that's what's written in the Ketubah. Like the Ketubah says, Ketubah now, since that says in the Ketubah that the Yitzhak are going to support her the whole time she remains in Almanat, we have to give her lodging as well as Mizrot. Amra, but let's say the Almanat said, she lazuz She said, I want to go back to my father's house. Yorshim no the Yorshim, the inheritors, are able to tell her, Im at etzlenu yeshnich mezonot. Fine, you want to stay by us? We'll give you mezonot. Ve'im en at etzlenu en lich mezonot. But if you don't want to stay by us, you're not getting mezonot. And we'll have to see exactly in the Gemara why they have that claim. Im aitat to'enet pepneshi yalda ve'em yeladim. But let's say she's, listen, the reason why I don't want to stay by the Yorshim is because she's young and the... Yorshim are also Yeladim, they're also young. So someone, what's the concern over here? The concern that she has over here, she does not want to live in the same house as the Yetomim, as the Yorshim, because of a problem of Yehud. And then, God forbid, let's say a Shemra will come on her, that maybe something has, she did something with them. So if she has like a Sini'ut reason, why she does not want to live with the Yetomim, then... Then they're obligated to support her, even though she is in Beit Abiyah. So if she gives a good excuse, then of course she is able to be supported in Beit Abiyah. That is the Mishnah. Comes again and says, Taru Rabbanam, Mishnah Meshit, Bimadur Kedirik, Mishnah Meshit, Bechayi Ba'ala. 
She's able to benefit from it dwelling just like she benefited when her husband was alive. She's also able to benefit from servants and slaves, made servants, just like she benefited when her husband was alive. With pillows and comforters, just like she benefited when her husband was alive. With gold and silver vessels, because as we know, it's written in the Ketubah, you can live in my house, and you will have sustenance from my estate, all the time that you will remain in Almana. So comes the Kibana, makes it you, it says that, she has uh, uh, the right to live in the house. Tani Rabbi Yosef, Bebeti velo bebakati. Bakati, that she says, is a small little uh, house, more like a hut. So let's say all he has is a hut, let's say the husband. So there, the husband does not obligate himself that she can stay in the hut at the expense of the children, which means not too much room in that hut. So therefore, if there's a house, she can stay in the house. But if it's a bakati, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a hut... So then she has to leave in order to make room for the children. So that's what Gibraltar did, because Bebeti velo bebakati. Meaning if it's a small hut, she does not have rights to stay there. Amar al-Nahman, Yitomim shemachru madur almana. No, asum velo kinum. If let's say the Yitomim sold the almana's dwelling, they sold the residence. So the Gibraltar says the sale is not a sale, it's void, and the almana gets it back. Why isn't it any different than what Yohanan said? If you remember, we had a case of Nechasim Mu'atim. Let's say the father leaves a small estate where there's only enough to support the girls. So the deen is the girls get support, I and mean, the boys have to go out and collect. So let's say, in this case, the Yitomim, the boys... They sold the nechasim mu'atim. Now really that's not theirs to sell. It really belongs to the girls. But if they did sell it, the deen is ma'ashim machru, machru. The sale is a good sale. So therefore the question is, why when the yitumim sell? The nechasim mu'atim that really belongs to their sisters, goes to the girls. Why is the sale considered a sale? When, or as opposed to when yitumim sell? The mother's house, when you say the sale is void, what's the difference? There, in the case of the Yetumim that are selling the Nechassim Mu'atim, they did not own those Nechassim, or, or the girl, I should say, the girls did not own those Nechassim only after the father died. So therefore there was no Shi'bud, they had no Shi'bud on it, Mechaim, from when the father was alive. So therefore, when the inheritance comes, really everybody inherits it, so they were technically they have a right, these boys, so if they sold it, the sale is a sale. Mashiach, in the case of the house, she already, this, the wife had a shabud on the house already before anybody died. She was already living in the house when the husband was alive. Therefore, there's a shabud on it. She has a shabud on the house. Therefore, if, if the Yetumim sell it, the sale is not a sale. The difference is the shabud factor. Again, by the case of the house, the shabud was considered mehayim, already from the time that uh, the wife was alive, she already was living in the house, therefore the sale is not a sale to sell it. Mashiachim, in the case of the Nechassim, the girl did not have any stake in the Nechassim when the father was still alive, therefore if he dies in the Yitumim, the boy sell it, the sale is a sale with the Yavarah. Let's say the dwelling of the Almanat fell, 
which means it was dilapidated, let's say it fell apart, and the Yerushin Hayavin libnoto. The Yerushim are not obligated to rebuild it. Tanya and Mechim of a brighter support is Madura Manashin Hafal, let's say the Madura of the Ammonite fell, and the Yerushin Hayavin libnoto. They are not obligated to rebuild the Velo or the Elon. Not only that, Afilu he omerit Hani Huni ve Ebnenu Mesheli. Even if she comes along and says, just let me stay here, I'll rebuild it from my own money, and Shumaim la. They do not have to listen to her, which means they're able to tell her, it's finished, we want, uh, she can go, we want you to go, and we do not want to continue that you are living in. We don't even want to give you the rights to build it. But the question is, let's say she kept the house, and if she wouldn't have made the shiputzim, uh, like she made like a, a different type of uh, construction she did on the house, and if she wouldn't have done it, the house would have fell apart. My. So now the question is, can the Yitzhak come along and say, listen, if you wouldn't have made those uh, constructions, if you wouldn't have done those that, that fixing up, the house would have fell, and if the house would have fell, we can send you on your way. So the question is, can they still send her on the way even though she made the shiput? So therefore, the Gemara says, because bottom line, maybe you'll argue, listen, the house is still around. So as long as the house is still up, and she's making tikkunim, so maybe she can still stay. So the Gemara says, that is indeed a tiku. So again, let's just review. The law we're learning over here is what? That if the house comes down, the Yorshim are not obligated to rebuild it. They only accept it upon themselves in the Ketubah, when the house is around. But once it falls, so there's no shabud on them. And for that matter, uh, if let's say she says, leave me, I, I want to rebuild it, in Shemim, look, because bottom line, once it fell the house, they're not obligated to upkeep it. However, the question is, if let's say it's about to fall, and she puts in money in order to metakin it, do we say that if she wouldn't have put in the money, it would have fell, and therefore the Yitomim can say, they can kick her out, or do we say, no, bottom line, the house is still up, so as long as she's keeping it up, she has a right to stay there. That's what Gabbana says in a... Leaves in a teku. Amre, amra, efshi. We said what... We said, let's say the lady comes along and says, I do, let she says, I do not want to leave my father's house. So the Yorushim are able to tell her, listen, if you want to stay by us, we'll support you. But if you are staying by your father, we're not supporting you. So the Gemara says, What's the problem? Support her when she's staying over there. What's the big deal for the Yatomim to support their, the, the Yatoma, the girl, when she wants to, when she wants, well, I'm sorry, the Almana, when she wants to go back to her father's house? What's the difference? Let, 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 let her be supported and let them send the money to the father's house. You have a rule that the more people in the house, the stronger the Mazal is, and therefore, since the Mazal is stronger, so more money is made. And therefore, by her going to the father's house, so the mazal of the house of the Yitomim, of the Yorshim, becomes weaker. So therefore, they say, we don't want to pay him as a not, because you're affecting the mazal. The, the more people in the house, so therefore, there's berakha in the house. That's true. Berakha, tabayit, beruba. There's more berakha, and there's more people. So they tell us, and you're ruining our berakha, you left. So they should pay her at least according to... Uh, subtract what exactly her loss was now, which is by her leaving the house. Let, let them subtract, subtract how much they lost as a result of her leaving, and therefore they should give her the balance. So the Gemara says, you're right. We will make that calculation, which means they have a right now to start deducting, because there is a beracha when there's more people, and by her leaving, she affected the mazal of the house. Ravuna, come to teach us over here. Leshon hachamim, which means we're able to learn from the words of the rabbis. Number one, 
Beracha. We're able to learn that what? There is Beracha. Meaning when the more people, the rabbis teaches more people in the house, more children, more people, the bigger the mazal is, the bigger chance that somebody's going to make Panasah. They will help each other. Therefore there's a Beracha in the house when there's more people. Milshon Achamim. Furthermore, Milshon Achamim, what do you learn? Oshir. You learn how to become wealthy, which we'll see that in a minute. Leshon achamim marpeh. And also from the words of the rabbis, you learn items that are medicinal. They can give a person a refuah. So the Kabbalah says, Beracha had amaram. We just said the case of the Beracha. That's the case of what? That we learned that when there's more people in the house, the Beracha is more uh, more uh, evident. I mean, there's a bigger Beracha in the house by more people. Oshed etnan. Hamochet perot havero. person, let's say, sells his friend fruit. Mashach, once the fellow that's buying, makes Mishikha, he draws the fruit towards himself. Even though he didn't count, kana. Finish the Mishika makes the Kenyan even though he didn't count the fruit. Madat velo mashak, but let's say he counted the fruit, but he did not make a Mishika, lo kana. And therefore he's able to say, uh, therefore, as long as they make a Mishika, the Mocher, the seller, is able to back out. So, which is the key of the Kenyan is the Mishika. Now, the Imaya Pikeya, which means, let's say the buyer is a smart guy, he took a lot of Pirot, and he doesn't want the buyer, to, he doesn't want the seller to back out, but he wants time to count them and all that. So and he, he wasn't able to make Mishikha on the whole pile. So what does he do? So it says, Socher et Mekomo. He can rent the place that the fruit are on. Once he rents the place, so then well, that place becomes like his Hatser. And we know that the Hatser of a person can acquire anything that's on it. And therefore, the rabbis teach us how to become wealthy. She's a person buys something, and he doesn't want the seller to back out, but he doesn't have time to make a Mishikha. So the rabbis gave him advice, let him actually rent the field that the fruit are on. Therefore, he makes Kenyan in one shot. Marpeh, now where do we learn, where do the rabbis teach us about Marpeh, about medicinal items? Ditnan, lo yil'os adam chitim a person should not chew on wheat. And then if he chews on the wheat, put the uh, wheat mixture on his uh, wound on Pesach. Why? Because when he puts the saliva on the wheat, it's going to turn into hametz. But what do you learn over here? That chewing wheat is good when you put that plaster on the wound itself. It's just not good on Pesach. So for the, you see the rabbis also teach us items of... Health. At the time when Rabbi Kadosh was passing away, Amar, he said, I need my boys. So his children came to him. Amar Lahem, so Rabbi said, Number one, you have to respect, be careful with respect of your mother. Which means that where I sat at the table, you should always have a candle lit. Shulhan Ya'aruk Mkumam at the table where I said should always be set. Mitate Mutsa'ad Mkumah. And the bed should be set in its place, which means with the pillows and the comforts on it and the different adornments that are there. Yosef Khefani, Yosef from Haifa, the Shimon Ifrati and Shimon from Ifrat, Him Shimshuni Bihayai, Him Yashimeshuni Bimuti. They served me when I was alive, and they will serve me also after I pass away. Now the Gemara analyzes each one of the statements of the Rabbin Wakadosh. So what does he say to them? Be careful with the Kavod. Of your mother. So Gemara says, what do you mean? Deoraita. Isn't that a Deoraita? Dekhtiv. Kabit tabi kabit demecha. Of course, don't you have to respect the mother? It's a Torah. It's one of the Ten Commandments. So Gemara says, no, eshet avavai. Which means it wasn't really their mother. It was their 
father's wife. It was the Ben Rakadosh's wife. So the Gemara says, Eshet Av Namir Deoraitai. Meaning, even the father's wife is also Deoraitai. You have to respect it. Et Abicha Vetimicha. Et Abicha. What does the Et come and include? Zu Eshet Abicha. Not only have to honor your father, but you also have to honor Eshet Abicha, your father's wife. That's part of the respect of. The father, the etimecha, and not only have to respect your mother, zubali mecha, you also have to respect your mother's husband. So the, therefore, the Gemara is questioning its pashut. And what is the vav yetera? The extra vav it says kemet etimecha veet. What does the extra vav come and teach me? That I bought it. I cannot teach me. Have to respect your older brother. So the Gemara says. So therefore, it's a bit Torah law. So what does that have to tell me? Respect your stepmother. Respect my wife. Kemas hari mile mehayim. That according to the Torah, one only has to respect the stepmother, which means the father's wife, only when the father is still alive. However, no, but after, let's say, the father dies, so there's really no deen of kavod. So that's what the Ben Wakadus was saying, that still, even after he dies, he's aru bichvod in mechem. Comes the says, Neriye daluk Right, the, the, the table, the, the nair should be still lit in its place. And the table should be set. The bed should be made as well. Because every Arab Shabbat, is Ben Ashimashot. That's why they used to call Arab Shabbat, they call it Beshimshim, because everybody at Ben Ashimashot already is prepared for Shabbat. So they would call Arab Shabbat Beshimshim. At the time of Ben Ashimashot, every Arab Shabbat, Tabat the Ben Wakadosh used to come visit his house on every Arab Shabbat for Shabbat. He used to visit the, the family on Shabbat. And he, in the Mifarsh, you say that not only did he visit them, but he was wearing special clothes, like he used to wear in his lifetime. And he used to make a Kiddush on the Ayn, and he used to be Motsidem Yedehovat Kiddush. And uh, the tzaddikim are considered still living, and therefore uh, they still have shaykhut in the mitzvot. And not like uh, other people that die where the pasuk says, Bamitim Hofshi. And that's what the uh, Sifr Hasidim writes in Tachachat. That what? That in Khanami, the Bidwakadus was still obligated to mitzvot, so to speak, to a certain extent. So then he came back down every Friday night to make Yiddush for his family. Others say it was more like a spiritual feeling that they got, they felt that the Bidwakadus was in their presence. In any way, event. What happened? So one Friday night, a neighbor came to the, to the house. She was calling by the door. She wanted them to open the door. So the servant of the Ben Rakadosh says, Shetiku, keep quiet. Make too much noise. The Ben Rakadosh is over here. Once the Benu Kadosh heard that the Shifcha was telling other people, the word was out that, that the Benu Kadosh comes to visit the family on Friday night, Shuv no Atai stopped coming. Why? He did not want to give a bad reputation for the earlier Tzadikim that they don't come to visit their families. So as long as it was done with so it doesn't affect anybody else, it's fine. But once already they, he started, they, she heard that it was being publicized by the Shifcha, so he said, I can't come anymore because I don't want to speak, uh, I don't want my actions to be disparaging to the earlier tzaddikim. And then he continues, Yosef, Khaifani, Shimon, Efrati, Him, Shimshuni, Bechayai, Behem, Yishimishuni, Bimoti. That those two men, Yosef from Haifa and Shimon from Efrat, they served me when I was alive and they will serve me also in my death. Savur so originally the Gemara understood, which means they understood the meaning they're going to serve me uh, in my death, meaning they're going to take care of the funeral. They'll be in charge of the burial. 
However, Kivan the Hazu the Kadim Arsayu the Arsay, but then they realized that these two people died before the Benu Kadosh, so he could not have meant that they're going to take care of the funeral because they died first. They died even before the Benu Kadosh. Amresh Ma'amina Lahu Almau the Kamar. He was telling them that they're going to they're going to serve the Benu Kadosh in the world to come. Ve'ai the Amar Achin. The reason why he had to tell them that that what that they are going to die and they're going to serve the Benu Kadosh in the Olam Abba. Which is what? What was the purpose in telling him that? Because maybe the people are going to think that these two men they had certain sins. Maybe the only reason why they remained alive was because the zikhut of Rabbi Kadosh. So therefore, he told them no. That really their time is to die now, because that's their time to die. And therefore, when they get to Olam they're going to continue to serve. Nobody should think that they're dying because of, uh, maybe they had an Amirah. No, he was saying, your time is to die, and therefore you'll serve me in Olam Continues the Gemara Ma'adahim, he told his children, and then he said, he said, I need the rabbis of Israel, in order to give them last will and testament. So he told them, I do not want to be eulogized in these small cities. Which means when the Levaya is going to pass through the different cities, I do not want to be eulogized. They're only in the big Kirachim, which is where there is a lot of people. Which is let the people from the cities gather into the big Kirachot, into the big cities. But he does not want to be eulogized in the smaller cities. So comes the Gabbana and says, Veoshivu Yeshiva He said, After 30 days of my demise, I want you to go back to learning Torah like you learn, and do not involve yourself in hispedim, any more eulogies. Shimon b'ni hacham. Shimon, my son, he is the hacham. Gamliel b'ni nasi. Gamliel will be the president. Hanina barhama yeshev barosh. Hanina barhama will be the rosh yeshiva. Comes to and analyzes. Al tispeduni ba'yarot. Why did he tell him, do not, I don't want to be eulogized in the cities. Sabur minem ishim terhal dekabadez. Maybe because of that he didn't want to do it because of the Tirha factor, which means because he didn't want the people in the small villages that are close to the city, that what? They're going to have to not come to the city to, to, to eulogize. If you're going to give eulogies in the, big, in, the, in the cities, so everybody in the surrounding areas is going to have to have themselves to come to the city to hear the eulogies. And therefore, he didn't want to make a Tirha on the people. So therefore, he just said, you know what? Make one big uh, eulogies in the big cities. Maybe that's the reason... Says, but that didn't work out anyway because they were giving eulogies in the Kerachim and everybody was coming anyway from all the different small villages and all the different cities. So the Tirha factor was there as, as well. He must have said he doesn't want to make small eulogies in the city because he wants to have Kavod. Kavod for what? Kavod a Torah. Which means when you make big fuel, big, big Levayot. Uh, in the Kerachim, so that would be more of Kavodah Torah, because more people congregate, as opposed to making smaller funerals in each different city. Comes the Gemara and says, so therefore, Yekarah is the Kavod of the Torah. Hoshivu Yeshiva Lachat Sushim Yom. He said, well, I want the Yeshiva to go back to normal after 30 days and do not eulogize anymore. De lo adif tam Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm not better than Moshe Dekhtiv. Ayibku b'neset Moshe ba'arbot ma'ar Shushim Yom. Tlatinyo means sabdim b'imama v'nina. So the Gemara says, for 30 days, for the Benu Kadosh, they eulogize Day and night, because they just gave eulogies in the day. The garse 
Belia and they learned at night. Or Sefdu Belia Vigansebi Mema. Or they learned, they, they eulogized at night and they learned in the day. Ad Sefdit Tresari Al Reshata until they finished the eulogies, which actually took one year. Now you're going to ask a question, but I mean, it, it still seems that Abinu Akadosh's eulogies were bigger than Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu only finished, finished at 30 days. And after 30 days it was finished. But Rabbeinu Akadosh, after 30 days, they did it in the day, but they did it in the night. So the explanation is that they did that on the, on, by themselves. She says, Rabbeinu Akadosh does not want to command them to do something more than Moshe Rabbeinu. But whatever they did on themselves, so that's, uh, that's okay. Comes again and says, Ahu that day, that on the day that he died, came out of heaven. Whoever is involved in the eulogy and the funeral of Rabbi Kadosh, which means he is prepared to go to Olam the Mefashim explained over here, with Tosafot that is, without judgment and without Yisurin. There was a certain launderer, Every day he would come in front of Rabbi Kadosh. But on the day that Rabbi Kadosh was Niftad, he didn't come. But when he heard a bat call, he heard about the bat call that said whoever was by, the Benu Kadosh is going to go to Olam Abba, Salik Le'igra, he climbed up to the roof, and he threw himself to the ground, he fell from the ground, to the ground, and he died. They said, even this, Koves has Helik Le'olam Abba. That many interpretations to set over here. What exactly was this Kovis doing? So the Mefarshim explained over here, based on Yerushalmi, that the day that Amenu Kadosh passed away was Friday. And it was a miracle that everybody was able to get home from the funeral just in time, and there was no Chilul Shabbat. And the people were worried that there was a Chilul Shabbat, but a bad call came out and said, whoever who was not lazy, whoever was involved in the spirit of Amenu Kadosh, was guaranteed they did not Shabbat, except for this Kobes. Because since this Kobes did not come to the funeral, so therefore it ended up coming out that he did not have the special protection from Akhaz Baruch Hu, and he ended up becoming Mahalas Shabbat. The punishment of Hanul Shabbat is what? Sikila. So therefore he gave himself Sikila by jumping off the building, and therefore he ended up Gamkin comes and says, One of the things that Ben Wakado said, he says, Shimon, my son, is Hakam. He's going to be the Hakam. So Gabriel says, My Kamad, which is, what, what does he mean by saying that? Even though my son Shimon is the Hakam, Gamliel Beni Nasi. Gamliel, who's the firstborn, is going to be the Nasi. So it's even though Shimon is the Hakam, Gamliel is going to become the Nasi. The after Tamiris, which is Pashut, of course, the, the oldest son inherits the father's position. So Amar Rabbi Shimon Bar Rabbi. So Rabbi Shimon Bar Rabbi comes along and tells the Levi, Sericha Lach Ul Matle Atach, which means my father had to say what he said. And what he said, and your limpings. He said it to Levi in a derogatory way. Levi saying, understand, why did the Benoit have to say such things? Pashut. So he said, he had to say it, it was necessary, and to your limpings. He's saying it in a derogatory way because Levi had a limp. And therefore, he was like saying that, um Shimon was like McPeed on his father's cavord. What are you saying? My father had to say it. He had to say it, and, and, and your limping, he had to say it. 
So the Gemara says, "My Kashane, what's the problem of uh, uh, on, uh, the Bishwar against uh, Levi? How can I come on? It's a Bifurush Pasuk that says the oldest son gets the uh, Yerusha of the of the of the of the, of the Nisiut. Like it says, 'Meta Mamnachan Atal Yehuram Kiwa Bekor.' It says the kingdom was given over to Yehuram because he was the Bekor. So Levi Lechavra is right. The Bishwar's words were superfluous. Gemara says, 'No, how Mimale Makom Abotavava, which means over there, yes, he filled his father's shoes. He was worthy. Then Abagam Liel." But the Hadush of even though Shimon really is the Hakam, Zarbangam is really not the first choice to succeed his father, because really Shimon is the Hakam. So therefore, that's what uh, um, the Gemara has come along to say, that the Levi was really saying a Hadush. Uh, that what? That even though the Levi was saying it's superfluous. So that the B, Shimon comes along and said, or. or Right, Abish Shimon comes along and says, it wasn't superfluous. Even though we know in the Navi that, let's say, the kingdom went to Yehoram because he was the firstborn, here it's different. Because Shimon really was a Tamir Hakam, and then what should have went to him. So still, it goes to the Bechor, who was a Bangabez. Gemara says, Why did the Binu Kadosh not appoint the Bishimot to become the Nasi, even though he was greater Bechokmah? True, that the Bangabez might not have been. The Hakam, like his brothers, however, but in fear of God, he would be able to take his father's place, which means he might not have had the trait of Hakam like his brother, but he had the trait of Yiratred, and that made him worthy of the position. So he said, What? He's going to be the Rosh Shiva. He did not accept the position that be Hanina, that is to be the Rosh Hashivah. So he had to be Afes Kadol Meheru, which is the name of Mexico. So Afes was two and a half years older than him. Yatir of Afes Berisasudan. Afes ended up becoming the Rosh Hashivah. Yatir of Hanina Abirai. And since Rabbi Harina was also Hashuv, he did not subjugate himself to Rabbi Afes, and therefore he did not enter the Bet Midrash, and he would sit outside. Good, and Levi would sit outside for the kavod of Rabbi Hanina, so he would sit with him uh, outside. What happened? Rabbi Afez died. So now Rabbi Hanina became Rosh Hashiva. So now there was no one for Levi to learn with. Which means Levi did not enter the yeshiva once Rav Hanina became Rosh Hashiva because Rav Hanina was not as great as Levi. Not in Torah and not in years. And therefore Levi was not subject, did not subjugate himself to the teaching, uh, to, 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 to be a student of Rav Hanina. So now Levi did not have anybody to learn with. So he decided to move from Eris Israel. And he went to Babel. And that's what they told Rav once, when Levi came down to Babel. There's a great man that has come down to Nardea, and he has a limp. And he's Doresh, Shari. That a lady is permissible to go out on Shabbat with a certain crown that used to wear on their heads. And therefore, we're not worried that she might take it off her head to show it to somebody, and therefore you have a problem of carrying, because usually who wears these crowns on their heads? Isha Hashuvah, prominent woman, and prominent woman, it's not the dedic, they go off their jewelry to show it in the Rishut al So he was the one that said, Shari. so they told the Rav, there's a man that's coming from Babez, Tamin Achav, he has a limp, and he's Matir, the Kilila and Shabbat. So he says, So he realized that what? Not Nafshed Rabbi Afes, he says, must be Rabbi Afes passed away. 
ויתיר רבחנינה בראשן, רבחנינה ועזדי ראש ישיבה, ולא אבל אלה נביא אינסטר מטף גבי נעל, נביא דזנן אבינו בתלמר ווט, וקטן דפוי קפטר בבל, ושזה לא פיגר את ההול סטורי. כבר עשו את ההול דף, ואמר רבחנינה נחלפשה. מייבי סיאפס, מייבי הרד רב נו דה הול סטורי, מייבי זה רבחנינה דה פסט אווי. ורב אפס כדייתי ויתי ורב אפס remain די ראש ישיבה ולא אבא ללוי איניש למיטב גבי and still לוי דנא רבנו בתלמר because he did not learn with רב אפס וקעתה לבבל he came to בבל so Gemara says no he knew רב from two different reasons why that it had to be רב אפס was the one that passed away not רב חנינה הבעיתמה לוי לרבי אפס מחפפה קייפלה לוי actually was subjugated himself to רב אפס and therefore רב חנינה passed away in the Chinami that Afas remained in Rosh Hashiva Levi would have went into the Yeshiva and subjugated himself to learn under the Shita of Rav Afas he only stayed outside for the Kavod of Rabbi Hanina but if Rav Hanina had passed away he would have went back to Rav Afas to learn with him and if he would not have left the Yeshiva to go to Rabbi so that's how we knew that it must have been that it was Rav Afas that passed away Rabbi Ha'itema Keman Da'amar Rabbi since Rabbi said Hanina Barhama Yeshiv Barosh Nosagi Nilo Malich which is once Rabbi said in his last will and testament that Rav Hanina is going to become the Rosh Hashiva it had to happen. Therefore, it must be that Afaz had passed away and the Hanina was able to take over the position. And it comes true. So therefore they knew exactly, Dav knew that it must have been that Afas had passed away and Halina became the Rosh Hashiva based on the last one and testament of Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Ve'ahava Rabbi Hiyah. The Gemara says, what do you mean? The Adi Bihiyah. The Bihiyah was greater than Halina. How come they didn't appoint the Bihiyah to become the Rosh Hashiva? So the Gemara says, not Nafshim. Because he died already. Bihiyah wasn't around. Which means if Bihiyah was not around at the time of the B. That's why, again, I repeat the question. Exactly. Which is, if Hiyah was greater than Rav Hanina, so then why didn't Rabbeinu HaKadosh appoint Rav Hiyah to be the Rosh Hashiva? So Gibra says, Nach Nafsheh. Because Rav Hiyah was not around, meaning Rav Hiyah died before Rabbeinu HaKadosh. What do you mean he died before? Rav Hiyah himself said, I saw the grave of Rabbi. And I cried. My tears came down in my eyes. It means when Abenu Kadosh was alive, the Hiyah was alive as well. Therefore, we should have appointed the Hiyah. Give us Ipuch. Now switch the story around. Not that the Hiyah said it on the B, but say it on the B said, I saw the grave of the Hiyah and I cried on it. What do you mean? It says, on the day that Abenu Kadosh passed away, the Anyan of Kiddushah also went. So Smashar Bihiyah outlived Rabbi. Because the Ben Rakhosh was, was called Kadosh. Right? And therefore, it says on the day that he died, the Kiddushah left the world. So the Kibbutz is Ipuch. Which means not. The Rabbiyah did not say it on the B, but the B said on the day the Rabbiyah died, the Kiddushah left as well. Kibbutz of Atanya, we have a bright text. Shahala Rabbi, when the B got sick, Nichnas to Bihiyah, and so the Bihiyah came to visit him. Um Saoshu Bukhes. We found him that the Benoit Kadosh was crying. Amados Rabbiyah says, Rabbi, Mibnemata Bukhes. Vatanya, we have a bright text. It says, Met, Betochas Chok. If a person dies and he's laughing, Simania Phil, it's a good sign. Betochas Bechi, but if he dies from crying, Siman Rahlo, therefore what are you crying for? Because it's a bad sign. So comes the Gemara and says, other different signs that are good or bad at a person's death. The Gemara says, Panav if a person dies with his face is up, 
Siman Yafil, it's a good sign. Panav Lemata, if he dies with his face down, Siman Ra'lo. Panav Klapeham, if he's facing the people, Siman Yafil. Klapeham, if his face is facing the Kotel, Siman Ra'lo. Panav Yerukin, if his face is green, Siman Ra'lo, at the time of death. Panav Sumir, if his face is like shiny, Vadumim red, Siman Yafil, it's a good sign. Met, Pere of Shabbat, if a person dies on Friday, Siman Yafil, it's a good sign. Because we know there's no Gainam on Shabbat, and if we go straight into Menuha, the Motsay Shabbat, if a person dies on Motsay Shabbat, that's when Gainam opens, Siman Ra'lo, that's a bad sign. Met, Pere of if a person dies on Eid of Kippur, Siman Ra'lo, because he didn't get to make the Shuvah yet. But Motsay Yom Kippur, if he dies on Motsay Kippur, Siman Yafil, because he just got the Shuvah. For me, all the sins. If a person dies from intestinal problems, it's a good sign. Because the majority of the tzaddikim, they die from intestinal problems. Why did tzaddikim die from intestinal problems? Because they removed from any food. When your intestine is not working, so therefore, the... Uh, it, uh, it, it it extricates all the food from the intestines, and therefore like that, they're clean from any food like angels. So a person dies from intestinal problems, that's a sign, it's a good sign. So bottom line, the Gemara says, when the bee visited, when the bee visited, the bee was crying. So he told him, what are you crying for? It's not a good siman before you die. Amalor, Ana Torah He says, no, I'm crying over here, not because I'm afraid of the death. That, that's a siman ra, but I'm not afraid. I'm crying over here that I'm not going to be able to learn Torah and do mitzvot like I was able to. And that's already a positive crying. But what do you see over here? You see over here that Rabbi Hiya actually visited the Benu Kadosh. So it means Rabbi Hiya outlived the Benu Kadosh. So why did the Benu Kadosh appoint Rabbi Hiya to become the Rosh Hashimah? Because he was greater than Avhanina. We could switch that story around as well and say it was indeed Rabbi that came to visit Rabbi Hiya and all that conversation was the reverse. It was Rabbi talking to Rabbi And really I can tell you no. And all those things we said do not switch. And really I'll tell you Rabbi Hiya lived after Rabbi. Also, then why didn't Rabbi Kadosh appoint Rabbi Hayat to become the Rosh Hashiva? So Rabbi Hayat asuk be mitzvot taba, because Rabbi Hayat was involved in doing mitzvot. The Rabbi Savalu afkeres. So Rabbi Savalu says he's involved doing mitzvot. I'm not going to interrupt his mitzvot performance. Vayru dechiyavu minzu. That's why when the Hakamim were fighting with each other, Rabbi Hayat and Rabbi Hayat, Rabbi Hayat and Rabbi Hayat were having a quarrel amongst them. Amale Rabbi Hayat and Rabbi Hayat. So Rabbi Hayat tells Rabbi Hayat, "Bahadedi di minzat, are you?" That if the Torah Hashem would be close to be forgotten, I would be able to bring the Torah back from my pulley, which means from my from my analytical thinking, I would be able to bring back the Torah even if it would be forgotten. Anna Avde says, You potentially have a chance to save the Torah if it would be forgotten. He says, But I did it. I have uh, 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 secured to make sure that the Torah is not going to be forgotten to Ram Yisrael. What did I do? I, blow, I brought seeds of Pishtan, which means seeds of um, flax. And I planted them. And from the flax that grew, I made for myself a Reshet. Reshet is like a trap, a net trap. And I 
and I trapped uh, sevi. Sevi is like deers. I took the meat of the deers after I slaughtered it, and I gave it to the orphans. And I made cloth, parchment, from the skins of these deer. And I went to a place where they did not have any school teachers. I wrote on the cloth five humashim. To five children. And then I taught them the six orders of the Mishnah, to the six, to six children. Each child he was came fluent in one of the Sidrim of the Mishnah. To each one, I told them, Now that you learned that Sidr cold, go teach it to your friend. So therefore he was so careful, he preserved Torah by writing a such holy humashim that he planted the seeds that eventually would trap the, make the traps, to trap the deers, etc. In order what? In order that the Torah should be b'ktushav Torah, he went himself and he taught the five boys homage and the six boys the mishnayot. I know that might be, and that's what Rabbi said regarding Rabbi How great! Are the deeds of Hayah. So he was on saying Mamad's vote. Ahmad Rabbi Shimon bar Rabbi. So Rabbi Shimon comes along and says, Afilu Mimcha? Was Rabbi Hayah even greater than you? Ahmad Le'in. He said, Yes, indeed. Rabbi Hayah was even greater than me. Ahmad Le'Rabbi Shimon bar Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Shimon, the son of Rabbi Yosef, said, Afilu Me'abba? Was Rabbi Hayah greater than my father, Rabbi Yosef? He told him, don't say that. That is uh, not uh, true. After that, we continue with the Ben Rakadosh. I need my younger son. So the son of Rabbi came to him. So he gave him all the secrets and how to be. And Abedin, and how we supposed to act? Amar Leheil, Libdi Gadol, Now I need my older son. Nechnas the Bagim Leheil, it's law. So the Bagim Leheil entered. Umasar lo sedrenisiut. He told him the order of how to be the president and Asiyah of Klai Yisrael. Amar lo beni. He told him, my son, Nehol misiut ka beramim, which means you should sit next to the high people that you will have stature in your nisiut. Uzrok marab tamidim and the tamidim you should instill fear in them. Kebaras says, what do you mean? You should instill fear in the students. It says, and this person feared, I'm sorry, the Pasuk says that those that fear God were respected. Who is this talking about? This is referred to Yehoshaphat, the king of Yehuda. When he would see a Tamir Hacham, he would stand up from his throne, he would kiss him, so you see what? The president does not put fear in the students. He gives him respect. So why did Rabbi Kadosh tell his son, Rabbi Gimel, to throw fear into the children? Depends. In Sina, in private, of course, the Nasi has to show tremendous respect for the Tamid Akamim. However, in public, he has to, he has to establish his, his, his position, and therefore even the Tamid Akamim have to fear the Nasi Tanya, Rabbi Mutal Bisipori. It says, Rabbi Kadosh, he was sick in the city of Sipori. But his burial place was in a place called Bet Sharim. The Kabra has a question, we learn from this person when a person has a court case, he should go pursue the justice. Sedik Sedik do pursue it in the best bedding. Beror bedding yafed. The Gemara says, and where do you go? Halek 
go to Bet Sha'arim in order to get judged in the Betin of Rabbeinu Kadosh that he's the head of. So you see what? Rabbeinu Kadosh really lived in Bet Sha'arim. Why is the Gemara say he lived in Sipuri? It comes and says, Rabbi Bet Sha'arim Abba. You're right. Originally he lived in Bet Sha'arim. And the Kivan de Chalash. But what happened? When he got sick, they brought him to the city of Sipuri. Why? For two reasons. The Middalia, because it's in a high place. That's what they call Sipuri. Sipuri is like a bird. Therefore, it's in a high place that she says that. It's on the top of the mountain, like a bird. And what's good? Ubsim avira. And therefore the air is very clear. The air is very crisp. It's good air. It's clean air. And therefore it's good for the sick people. So therefore they moved him to Sipori. Because originally he lived in Bechari. That was in the valley. That was a hot place. And therefore the heat would cause him to be more sick. So in Ekanami, even though he lived originally in but they moved him to Tzipuri for the health and they breathe the good air. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.